Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And this program, I'm so excited about this program. I love all my guests, but this guest is a fellow C-suite network person, and there's just something about my fellow C-suite folks that I just love talking to. Like I said, all my guests are fantastic, but there is just a little something different about C-Suite Network. So please join me in welcoming Bob Pizzini to our program today. Welcome, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Deb. Thank you. I think uh, I think C-Suite folks uh, have the gift to gab, to say That's the least. That's it. I, well, you know, and when we get on our group calls, it's everybody talking. I mean, you know, it's always yeah. great fun. But more importantly, great information, great knowledge, great skill levels. Um, and I love sharing that because they do have such important information to share. And that's why we're going to have so much fun talking with you. So let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. Sure. So Robert Pizzini, Bob, is the managing partner and chief executive officer of I-5 Virginia Beach indoor skydiving. He brought this multi-million dollar technology to Virginia Beach in 2015. In 2018, I-5 Virginia Beach was awarded the Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. In 2019, Bob launched Elevate Your Leadership, a leadership experience that refreshes and energizes seasoned executives, develops new leaders, and builds high-performing teams. In 2022, he authored his first book, Elevate Your Leadership, How to Develop, Maintain, and Advance Lifelong Leadership. His efforts earned the Hampton Roads Chamber of Commerce Leadership Award. Now, there's a reason why he is such a good leader. He retired from the U.S. Navy in 2010 after 26 years of service in Navy Special Operations as a master explosive ordnance disposal, which is an EOD technician, and an EOD officer. He completed a combat tour with the Combined Joint Special Operations Task Force, Arabian Peninsula, and Balad, Iraq. His personal decorations include that little thing called the Bronze Star. So again, Bob, welcome. And of course, first and foremost, thank you so much for your service to our country. Well, you're welcome, Deb, and uh, it's an honor. It's, it was an honor to serve. You know, and I always love knowing how my guests got to where they are today. And of course, we're going to be talking about that throughout the whole program because that really is very integral. But tell us a little bit more about how it is that you got to where you are today. Sure. So kind of the quick version, uh, as a young man, I grew up watching the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau. Um, I don't know if you recall that or not. Oh, yes. But, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. This so, little girl from Colorado went, ooh, that looks scary. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, th so this little boy from, from Kenosha, Wisconsin looked at it and said, I want to do that. That mm -hmm. looks cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was all of 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so I became a scuba diver uh, okay. at the age of 12. Mm -hmm. 
and um, worked at the local dive shop and diving really became my life in my teen years. Mm -hmm. And while I was in high school, I discovered this thing called Navy diving or Navy divers mm -hmm. and um, was leaning towards enlisting in the Navy anyway at mm -hmm. that point in my life. And um, I enlisted in 1984 when I graduated high school. About a year later, in 1985, I completed what's called second-class diver training mm -hmm. in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, um, a defining moment in my life at, mm -hmm. at the age of 19. Now, here I am, a uh, what we call a barrel-chested U.S. Navy deep-sea diver, mm -hmm. and, um, and, that, and that put in motion the rest of my career. So, Navy diving led to Navy EOD. So, Navy EOD technicians, think bomb tech, cut the mm -hmm. red wire, cut the blue wire, um, bomb technicians. Underwater. I, underwater on the surface okay. in all environments okay. um and and that is and that's why navy eod personnel are considered special operations personnel okay. because we do operate underwater we operate okay. on the surface we operate in the desert you know i deployed to iraq um and we have what are called all the mobility skills so we parachute we fast rope and rappel out of helicopters mm -hmm. we have all the different diving modalities uh so that was uh, so, so Navy EOD was the, the brunt of my career, 18, 19, 20 years of my 26 year career. Mm -hmm. And I retired in 2010. I, uh, I contracted for, uh, a friend of mine. He had a wonderful business in special operations contracting. I did that for five years while I developed mm -hmm. I fly Virginia beach, the business plan, the concept, and, uh, you know, uh, acquiring the resources, doing what one needs to do. And at the same time, I had to learn how to spell the word business, because mm -hmm. when you do 26 years in the military, mm -hmm. you know, unless you're in supply and logistics, business functions, profit and loss statement, right. you know, balance sheet, it's just like not that. part of your world, not part of what you do. Exactly. So, so I had to, but, but the one thing that Navy EOD really uh, trained me to be very good at is learning. Mm -hmm. We can focus on, we can prioritize our learning. What do I need to learn? Uh, now mm -hmm. and how do I prioritize my learning anyway? So that Navy EOD career um, really gave me the confidence to put in motion what is now I Fly Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. So indoor skydiving mm -hmm. took me about five years to to get to, to build the um, the business. We built it from the ground up, mm -hmm. and four or five years into this business, we're, we just finished our eighth operating year. So about four or five years into this business. Um, I, I was looking for leadership for my for my team. I have mm -hmm. 40 people on my team, six wow. people at the at the management leadership mm -hmm. level. And I wanted to develop uh, leadership amongst my my management team. Mm -hmm. And I just could not find the type of training that I had in the military. Mm -hmm. This bare bones, here here are the 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 big nuggets of leadership mm -hmm. that you should learn now and never forget. And mm -hmm. no matter how crazy things get, you come back to these basics. Mm -hmm. Like General Mattis says, be brilliant at the basics. Mm -hmm. You come back to these things. Anyway, I couldn't find that type of training for my team. So I developed my own mm -hmm. uh, training mm -hmm. uh, platform, if you will. I delivered it to my team and and they they were very receptive. They said, where has that been, you know, for the last mm -hmm. five years? They said, uh, you should really take this to market mm -hmm. and other people in the business world saw what I was doing and they recommended take it to market. Mm -hmm. So in addition to I Fly Virginia Beach indoor skydiving and all the fun we're having, 
I'm I'm really having fun um, like having this discussion with you, for example, and where this discussion is going to go because all things leadership and leading teams and developing individuals and developing teams. That's really uh, for me. That's my sweet spot. That's right. what I enjoy. Right. I hope I answered that. You you did. I I love it. You know, and and of course, one of the things that I think about you know as you were talking through your bio, and of course, all military to varying degrees is dangerous. Um, sure. You know, and, and obviously, depending on what you do, it's it's in, incredibly dangerous, and and you know can can ramp up at any point in time. I mean, I I have a a cousin who is in the you know he's in the Air Force. It's okay, we still love him. Um, <laughs> you know, and and he was best chow halls in all the services. For, yeah, he was just deployed for six months. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, and and all of these things. I mean, you know, but but you decided you were going to go after things that went boom. So how is it that that you decided to do that? Because 99.999% of anybody else runs the other direction. And you went like a fireman have to run in toward that, you know, and and so what made you decide to do that? Sure. So I think what happens is, you know, there's this type A personality that we're all familiar with. And I would say, 80 to 90% of people in the EOD profession, men and women, by the way. So mm-hmm. we have we have uh, women in Navy EOD, mm-hmm. not many, but we do have them. And so do mm-hmm. the other services. But there is this drive that we have to, number one, be a contributing member of a team at a very high level. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you want me to carry the water, I'll carry the water. Mm-hmm. If you want me to be the one who's going to go down there and figure out which wire to cut, then mm-hmm. I'll be the one to go down there. Mm-hmm. But everybody on the team has a critical role. Mm-hmm. And and we developed that team competency. <clears throat> so I was very attracted to that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we we problem solve at a very high level. When you are when you and your team confront, first we have to search for mm-hmm. and locate the device. Or right. oftentimes people will call and say there's an explosive device mm-hmm. here. You know, picture Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have to identify the device. And then we have to use uh, what's called render safe procedure or or different techniques to defeat the device or just simply through high order detonation, destroy the device. But that's problem solving mm-hmm. um, all the way up to and including nuclear weapons. And I was the officer in charge of a nuclear weapons team for several years. And, um, you know, in high school, I never, ever thought that I would be doing mathematical functions <laughs> to determine, you know, radiation mm-hmm. levels, right. whether it's U-239, mm-hmm. U-235, or mm-hmm. plutonium. And here I am doing that with my team in austere and sometimes non-permissive or what are called hostile environments. Mm-hmm. So that challenge at a very high level mm-hmm. combined with the physicality of the job, mm-hmm. I think are things that were very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you've mentioned several times, one of the words that I think is is so important, doesn't matter where we are, and that's the word team. Um, you know, and and I think what we see in so many businesses is everybody's in it for themselves. Uh, you know, and and I think it's gotten worse d- to some degree because of COVID. You know, we hear about the uh, you know the people who uh, you know are are doing just the bare minimum to to get by, you know, to to keep their job. You mm-hmm. know, they've they've already quit in their head. Yeah, you know, quiet all quitting. of these things. And obviously, you can't do that in in the military. Or if you do, you don't last long. Um, but it, why is it so important that that we absolutely? And I don't care, you know, if you're a volunteer in you know in a church group or with your kids or you know all these things. Why is teamwork 
so important. Well, I'll give a couple of kind of references, and I can't remember who quoted these things. I, I should probably look this up one day. But um, there's a saying that says, "If you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm-hmm. If you want to go far, go with a group. Mm-hmm. Go with a team." Right. Uh, and just from my life's experience, I can say that is certainly a true uh, concept. Mm-hmm. The other one is. Um, um, most of the great things that were done in this world, for example, Thomas Edison and the light bulb, mm-hmm. it wasn't Thomas Edison. Right. It was Thomas Edison leading a team mm-hmm. of inventors, mm-hmm. uh, but he's largely credited for it. So the mm-hmm. point there is most of the great things that have happened in terms of technology and medicine mm-hmm. and and just general advancement in our society uh, were the result of teamwork. Mm-hmm. So the sooner somebody can understand that and the sooner we can put ego aside and say, I'm going to be a contributing member of this mm-hmm. team, um, the sooner your value really goes up. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, of course, teams need leaders, um, you know, which is is what you um, work with people on. And And I love this concept because there's so many different ideas about what it is. So how do you define what a leader is? So I have a personal definition of leadership. And I think everybody who's in a leadership role should create their own personal definition. Mm-hmm. Your definition could be different than mine. As a matter of fact, it, it it's better if it is, mm-hmm. because it gives us a, a, a more diverse way to approach mm-hmm. leading others. But in two words, my personal definition of leadership is enabling others. Mm. And then the longer version of that is to use my, excuse me, to use my education, my training, and my experience to enable others to accomplish their objectives. Mm. And um, again, so when, when I have that definition of leadership in my conscious mind, I can check myself and say, am I leading right now or am I deviating from what what I think leadership is? Mm-hmm. And if I share that definition with others, they can also say, hey, Bob, you're deviating right now. Right. You mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, when you develop that bond and that trust, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and you can you can accept constructive criticism from your teammates, you mm-hmm. can really go far. Right. You know, and and so many people think that a leader is in it for their glory. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, there Some is are. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think what is so important about your definition is to realize that when everyone succeeds, you also succeed. You know, you make more money, you sell more cookies. I mean, you know, you you, sure. know, you detonate that bomb, um, <laughs> that's right. you know, and, and all of those things. And, and so I think that's the, what really makes the true leader is to realize it is about lifting everyone up. Yeah, there's no question about it. Uh, success, you know, my job is to make sure that everybody, I mean, everybody on my team is successful. Mm-hmm. And, and and as long as I focus on that, you know, another thing I say in in leadership is, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot written about servant leadership and people call it its own style and everything else. For me, servant leadership is simply those six words. What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do your job for you, right. but what can, what can I do to mm-hmm. enable you mm-hmm. to better do your job? Mm-hmm. And is, is that training? Is that equipment? Is mm-hmm. that more manpower? You know, there's all these things that, uh, that we have to focus on as leaders to enable others. Mm-hmm. Right. 
You know, and one of the things in your book that you talk about are the various styles of leadership. And and I haven't done it recently, but you know, I'm sure if I were to Google that, there's like 11 gazillion that, exactly. that come up. And what I loved in the book is you talk about, yeah, there are these various styles and you define them and you you pick just a handful. But we we as leaders have to be fluid and go in and out of the various styles. And I think that's where we see leaders fail is when they think I have to be this type of leader. Um, you know, and and I mean, obviously military would be a great example of that where you have the the true person in charge, you know, whatever. And and you know, and, and yeah, ultimately there does have to be somebody that, you know, to 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 borrow a phrase, the buck does stop here, right? For sure. Yes. Um, but you know, there's so many other ways. So let's kind of talk about some of the other various leadership styles and where they can can best serve your your teams. Sure. So so within leadership styles, uh, and again, books written on that, you know, Google leadership styles, you'll find more information than you can consume. But what's important is that you very consciously select a leadership style that you're comfortable with, that you kind of naturally adapt to. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one that you can keep in your conscious so you can know that you're applying it or you can know when you should apply it. Mm-hmm. Or equally as important is you know when you should not apply right. that particular leadership mm-hmm. style. Um, and then it kind of, as you alluded to, really when, you, you know, I hate to use the word mastery to uh, or expertise, but when you become very, very good and very comfortable in your role as a leader, you're navigating between these different leadership mm-hmm. styles constantly. You're blending them perhaps mm-hmm. from time to time. So, so for me, coach is one of my preferred right. leadership styles, mm-hmm. right? And what does a coach do? A coach <clears throat> um, observes, a coach knows the finer points of whatever the subject matter is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the coach is an expert at that. You know, mm-hmm. I coach high school hockey mm-hmm. and every one of my high school hockey players could, you know, run circles around me on the ice. Right. Uh, but my job is not to be better than them at mm-hmm. their job. My job is to make them better mm-hmm. uh, in this case as hockey players. Mm-hmm. So, so the coaching style for me is very natural. Mm-hmm. It feels very good. Um, you know, I have a history of athletics just growing up playing hockey and all the other sports and I have coaches that I remember that were, you know, had a very positive impact. And then I remember coaches who I thought, okay, well, I, I will, I will never do that. I will right. never be mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, for so, whatever but, reason, they just that wasn't what they should have been doing. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. So coaching is is one leadership style that I think is very important. Visionary is another, and and of all the leadership styles that people pick, everybody should should land on visionary, mm-hmm. because as a leader, you have to set the vision. You, you have to set the cardinal direction, mm-hmm. or let, let me say that a different way. You have to set the cardinal direction, and you set that cardinal direction through a clearly defined vision mm-hmm. that is understandable mm-hmm. and that you repeat often. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, important things are worth repeating often, mm-hmm. and the vision of an organization should be a very important thing. Whenever I get my team together, um, we we uh, repeat our vision statement all the time. Sometimes I'll just go, walk around and say, "Tell me what you think about our vision statement. Mm-hmm. Tell me our vision statement. Mm-hmm. And tell me what what does that mean to you?" Mm-hmm. And um, so so those are so with leadership styles. I, I would say find three, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I have. Participative is is my other one. So mm-hmm. I have coaching, visionary, and participative. Mm-hmm. I would say find at least three that you can again you keep mm-hmm. it in your conscious. 
And when things happen throughout the day, you reflect on those and mm-hmm. you say, should I be a coach right now? Do I need to restate the vision mm-hmm. or um, should I get a group together and have mm-hmm. a, a participative session? Right. Right. You know, and what I like about the participative is when your team members feel that they are part of the process, even if it doesn't ultimately go their way, but when they feel that their voice was heard, that they were able to actually say, hey, Bob, what do you think about this? Your, or like you said, hey, Bob, you've kind of strayed. Um, right. You know, then, you know, and, and we use the phrase, you know, they buy in. And and they do. I mean, you know, you you get that loyalty because they're, you know, when you tell somebody this is what you're going to do, and I'm not even going to tell you why you're going to do it. You're just going to do it that way. People will probably do it, but they're going to go. Eesh. But if yeah, you, if you have, yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 obviously there are times and and situations where you have to say this is what you do. Yeah, directive. Um, you know? That's called directive, and that would be right. police, fire, EMS, or mm-hmm. other dire situations. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and and or even if it's just as simple as okay, here is our procedure for putting together this piece of equipment. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, but but when it's this fluid process, people really do think, you know, hey, we are part of that team. And you know, and, and so you do get their loyalty. Yeah, you do. It fosters that. And and again, nothing is 100%, but my approach to the participation, if you will, and, and something I call voice versus vote, mm-hmm. I want to hear from everybody. I want to hear from the newest person on the team, mm-hmm. um, which which sometimes that's where you know some of the best mm-hmm. ideas come from. I want to hear from everybody. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it is not a democratic process. Right. It is the, not a vote in most cases. Right, right. The leader where has, you're going to have lunch ordered from. Sure. You know, choosing exactly. the next product you're going to go to market with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, I will never. So when it comes to the lunch order, I will never make that decision. You know, <laughs> that that goes out to the to mm-hmm. the team and you guys mm-hmm. tell me what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, um it's it's important that everybody everybody's voice is heard. Now, uh, oftentimes, when their voice is heard, especially a newer person, they they're expecting their voice to be acted on. Right. And um, when that doesn't happen, uh, people would the, there, there can be resentment, there can be disappointment, mm-hmm. and um, organizations of all sizes, mm-hmm. uh, but in small to mid sized organizations, especially, the leader has to have. A discussion with everybody, which mm-hmm. basically outlines what I'm talking about now. I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we're going to do uh, exactly what you're asking for or what you're recommending. And I have three ways to measure that input. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question I ask is, I have three questions. The first question I ask is, if we implement whatever's being recommended, will that enhance the experience for the employee? Second question is, will it enhance the experience for the customer? Mm-hmm. And the third question is, will it enhance the bottom line? Right. The Which is, is, let's let's admit it, that is, you know, that's yeah. what we have to always keep in mind. We do. But, you know, if you make the bottom line answer, you know, priority number one versus what is it, how does it impact right. the employee experience mm-hmm. and the customer experience? Yeah, then you're overcharging, you know, there's all You could be doing more damage, right? Mm-hmm. You could be doing more damage in pursuit of the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So first of all, does it enhance the employee experience? 
Second, does it enhance the customer experience? Third, does it enhance the bottom line? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes to all three of those, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to happen. If the answer is yes to one or two of those, which is usually the case, Mm -hmm. then there's more exploration necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where, you know, when somebody comes forth with a concept, Mm -hmm. um, often what you wind up implementing is not exactly what they recommended, but you got the team together and you took that 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 kind of raw good idea and you processed it into mm-hmm. something that um that is very beneficial. Right. You know and and it's all about communication. You know if you don't go with somebody's idea or you do a, a variation of it you need to tell them why as opposed to just not can't do that. You know and I, you know it, it goes back to I think you know a lot of times when we were kids, right? And you said, "Hey, I want to you know, can we do such and such?" and mom or dad said, "No." And even if we said, why not? Uh, Typically, what a lot of the response was, because I said so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And, you know, but but when they take the time to say, okay, we couldn't do it because then it was like, oh, okay. So you still valued my input, but I understand now why we couldn't do it. Um, You know, and and you know, and we see that happen in business all the time where we say, you know, what if we do this? And if, if somebody says, okay, you know, we, even if it's, we've tried it and it didn't work, then, then it's okay. So tell me more, maybe situations have changed. Yeah. That, that one, right. I'm telling you, we tried it and it didn't work. When somebody says that, that an alarm goes off in my mind that says, Uh well, we didn't, we, we didn't get it right. Mm -hmm. You know, we tried it and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Something about what we did. Why not? Right, right. And and yeah, we experience that in my organization frequently. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to try it again. And what are we going to change? What are mm-hmm. we going to do differently? Because to not to not have sales mm-hmm. is not an option. No, we no. have to have mm-hmm. sales. Mm-hmm. So if we tried to sell item X or item Y, mm-hmm. and it didn't work, then we need to mm-hmm. uh, figure out a way to make it work. Right. <laughs> you know, and to me, one of the worst ones that I would get when, you know, when I was still in, in corporate America was well, this is the way we've always done it. Sure. <laughs> and to me, that was like, oh, no, no, no. Now, I mean, there were obviously valid reasons in many cases. It was making money. It was working, hopefully, all of those various things. But to just be shut down like that, I think that's the, the problem. And of course, what we're talking about there is those aren't good leaders. Right. Those in many cases <clears throat> are managers. Um, you know, and, and there is a big difference. Now, you can be both. But I think there are, you know, and, and so let's talk about, you know, the difference between a leader and a manager or management. Sure, <laughs> you know? sure. So th- this is a great discussion. And this is a discussion that um, I think leaders should have with their organizations on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Again, things that are important are, are worth repeating on a regular mm-hmm. basis. But management is, um, or my, my friend Marty Strong, who's written two wonderful books, he talks about leadership with a capital L, which mm-hmm. is truly leading, and mm-hmm. leadership with a small L, which mm-hmm. is management. But to kind of you know start very broadly, people want to be led, but mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want to be managed, and certainly not micromanaged. Mm-hmm. So managing. So um, somebody's operating that piece of equipment, and when this gauge goes out of the preset parameter, mm-hmm. you go notify your manager, right. and your manager is going to 
initiate the pre-approved fix for that particular mm-hmm. situation. Yes. Right. So that's kind of management mm-hmm. or leadership with a small mm-hmm. L. Um, as opposed to the person operating that piece of equipment is having some sort of difficulty, some some issue, mm-hmm. and, and they can't a- operate the equipment properly. Then the leader, capital L, needs to go in there and say, "What what what is the right. issue? You mm-hmm. know, why why are you not mm-hmm. performing to the standard that we expect?" Mm-hmm. And there could be a million reasons. Right? For stuff Do we like need that. to give you better training? <clears throat> is you know all sorts of things. Right. Yeah. It's the leader's job to flush all that out. And, mm-hmm. and in another great discussion I had with, uh, with, uh, Olivia, um, Olivia Wagner and Bob Jordan, some other, uh, other great authors, they talk about human leadership, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. We have wives. We have husbands. We have children. We have death in the family. We have, uh, a car that needs repair. We have a conference at the school with our kids teach. We have all of these things that take a person's mind away from the task when they're in the workplace. And as leaders, not managers, as leaders, we need to understand that about uh, people and help them resolve, right? We enable others Mm -hmm. to accomplish their objectives. So we have to help them resolve that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and of course, we saw so much of that during COVID, um, especially during the, the early months when everything was shut down. I mean, you know, people went to work on Friday and didn't go to work on Monday. I mean, it was just this, this yeah. whole, and it was only going to last two weeks. And we all went, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and you mentioned in your book that you were very fortunate with iFly that because you contract with the military, you were deemed to be essential. And, and so you got to bring the team back in. But, you know, the, the, the people who, became leaders, I think, during a lot of this was very interesting because they were the people who, you know, would look at, say, somebody's background in Zoom and realize there's something off here. Or, you know, they'd see the kids and go, oh, my gosh, tell me about your son, you know, and (laughs) and things like that. And the poor micromanagers who needed people to be under their thumbs, their little heads just exploded and they don't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. And um, but I think one of the, the you know, if we, there were good things that came out of COVID. And I think one of those was that we did find different leaders, um, you know, and because the managers struggled, they wanted that control, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and like we said, you can be both, but the leaders were the people who were the ones saying, what can we do to help you? How can we get you through this? Whether yeah. it was two weeks, whether it was two years. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I, I carried my entire team. This is before the CARES Act, before um, the Triple P, you know, the Payroll Protection Program. Uh, I carried my entire team on overhead or, you know, uh, uh, funds that were not designated for right. payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I carried the team for three weeks. That's all the money I had. And um, I said, hey, and this is when the unemployment was out there. And so people were leaving their employers in droves, right. taking the unemployment. Mm-hmm. And my my discussion with the team was simply, I can pay you for the next three weeks mm-hmm. to stay home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's gonna, going to happen after that, mm-hmm. but if you just stick with us for the next three weeks, uh, we will hopefully have a uh, you know the fog will lift a little bit uh, between now and then, and mm-hmm. we'll have a clearer vision. And 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 all but one uh, stayed on the team, and you know, lo and behold, the military called up and said, you're a key and essential and Mm -hmm. we need to come and conduct training. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so that worked out very well. Uh, but it was, you know, I, I didn't know at the time when the governor said, everybody close mm-hmm. your business in the state of Virginia. I didn't know how we were going to get through it, but I mm-hmm. knew we would. Right. I mean, every business in the state, every business mm-hmm. in the country was in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And so there had to be a way to resolve it. And mm-hmm. so I was very confident that, um, that uh, you know, it, the whole thing would be resolved one way or another. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where we saw a lot of employees being very innovative. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories is is one of the distilleries that, you know, could not produce their scotch, their whiskey, their bourbon, their whatever it was. And they started producing hand sanitizer, you know, because employees said, hey, there's a huge demand for this. We've got, what is it? Six million dollar man. We've got the technology. Right. Um, right. You know, and, and, you know, and I think that was really what happened. And we saw that like in restaurants where people who said, you know, I'm, I'm a server, but now I'm going to be a driver, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what if we start delivering meals, you know, and, and all of these various things. And, you know, I, I think what it showed was at very points in time, people can be leaders just for a little point in time too. You know, I'm going to lead this little effort and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and, and I think that's, you know, managers kind of a manager is a manager is a manager, right? But leaders kind of come and go as the situation deems pop, you know, needed. Yeah. And, and the other thing leaders do is they inspire and they motivate, right. you know, they energize. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm big on energy. I'm a high energy leader. I'm a high energy guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's important for leaders to energize mm-hmm. their teams energize those that you're in charge of mm-hmm. and the the best way to do that is to show up with energy right mm-hmm. and 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 so that's uh that's a key component mm-hmm. for me anyway mm-hmm. right you know and and obviously you had to do that in the military you know because people were not going to follow you into the situations where they were literally risking life and limb yeah without knowing that you were trustworthy, that you were putting yourself there first. You know, I think that's one of the big things, and it doesn't matter where it is. You know, when we see somebody who tells you go do this, but they're not willing to go do it themselves, we might do it. But in many cases, we're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Or or you're gonna you're gonna look for someplace else to work. Right. You know, you're you're turned off by that experience mm-hmm. and you're going to look for someplace else mm-hmm. to work. Right. You know, and, and obviously the leader can't always be the first one in, um, you know, and, and, uh, but, but they can be, you know, like, uh, again, restaurants, you know, during COVID where there were the two types, you know, there were the managers who went eek, eek, um, you know, and and then there were the, the manager leader who said, I'm going to flip burgers. I'm going to be, you know, and, and, all of those things, because then we went, okay, you know, they're willing to do this. I'm going to be willing to, to put forth also. Yeah. And, and also the, 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 the leader and, or the manager, you know, you have to distinguish which one you need to be in that moment as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So do I need to lead the team right mm-hmm. now, or should I take more of a, a managerial or mm-hmm. more team oriented role? And uh, again, a, a very conscious leader thinks of those things. And those things are important because everybody's watching all the time. What's the boss going to do right now? Right. 
And they're going to follow mm-hmm. the boss's lead mm-hmm. one way or the other. You know, mm-hmm. if the boss is energetic and and rolls up his or her sleeves mm-hmm. and gets in there and says, let's make this happen, mm-hmm. you, you're more likely to have. Um, it's hard to be lazy and slacking <coughs> off when they right? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, and then the other part of that, um, and again, I'm just speaking through my personal experience, but when you own a business, um, you know, you don't have the option to quit. Mm-hmm. You don't have the option to go work somewhere else. Right. You've got to lead the organization in a way that keeps people on the team and mm-hmm. keeps them motivated. Mm-hmm. And and I, so I just think that especially small to mid-sized businesses, which makes up 90% of commerce in America, small to mid-sized businesses, um, you know, the leader has to really lead from the front, if you will, and be willing to do whatever's required, mm-hmm. whatever is required for the organization to thrive. Right. You know, and, and I think we've all, you know, been watching with, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that we're watching with Twitter, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> what is Elon Musk going to do today that's going to, you know, and, and it is, it's, it has been very interesting to watch from a business perspective. Because, you know, he bought this. It's his toy. He can do what he wants with it. I mean, that's one of the things that people, you know, got a little up in arms about. You know, I told somebody, I, they were like, oh, my God, he fired everybody. How can he do that? I said, he owns it. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, and, and it is his toy. He can do what he wants with it. But we also saw the fact that he, he you know, let's be honest, he clearly struggles as a leader. Um, you know, he makes these unilateral decisions and doesn't explain why. Then he has to backtrack. And, and you know, and, and of course, what's coming out is just the, the some of the funniest things in the world, whether they're true or not. Like one of the ones that I saw the other day was he, he fired all the janitors. So now employees have to bring in their own toilet paper. I don't know if that's true or not, but you're yeah. thinking that's that's a pretty mor- big morale thing. Um, yeah. you know, or expecting, I, 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 yeah, expecting them to sleep in their offices. You know, yeah. no. I, I don't know how much of that I, I believe, although he did sleep in his office. I mean, his office was his home. Right. His uh-huh. his his computer lab when he built mm-hmm. PayPal, him and his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that they lived where they worked. Right. Um, that's his work ethic. Mm-hmm. And whether he uh tries to, you know, transpose that onto mm-hmm. everybody that works for him, I don't know. What I do know is that. Uh, Elon Musk is an engineer, and mm-hmm. and I've worked with many engineers over the They're years. Very analytical, very analytical, mm-hmm. and very linear, very linear in their thought process, mm-hmm. their reasoning, and the application mm-hmm. of that. And he's probably the epitome of that, mm-hmm. um, which has which has served the world well for the most part. But that doesn't mean that uh, you know. And and uh, I was watching a documentary on him just a few days ago where he was interviewed, and. The interviewer was like, oh, you're so brilliant. And, you know, how wonderful it must be to be Elon Musk in the life you live. And he says, Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure about that. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, I have this engineering mind and it drives me to do Mm -hmm. things. You know, uh, he said, I can't. Uh, I have all the money in the world, Mm -hmm. but I'm still driven. I can't just go sit on a beach and drink. Does he take a vacation? No, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He doesn't. And um and, and so he almost considers it a bit of a curse mm-hmm. as well uh, for whatever that's worth. Right, right. Yeah, and you mentioned something that I think is real important is that he has this style of how he works. And 
you know, then does he force that on the other people who work with him? You know, and, and I think we saw that a lot during COVID, during the, the lockdowns, when people, you know, went, well, you know, I'm working 24-7 because my computer is now in the other room. So you should be too. Um, you know, and, and I talked to a lot of people and we interviewed people on the program too, where we said, okay, the first thing y'all need to do is have honest discussions about boundaries. <laughs> you know? yeah. And and I do that with my clients. I've I have had my own business for over 20 years. And I had that discussion long ago with my clients where, you know, they would expect that because I home officed, I would work 24 seven. Now there's always emergencies, you know, and, and so, but, you know, and, and of course time zones make things really wonka doodle with some of these, you can't just say, well, I mean, you can say, I only do this time period to this time period. If it's outside that time period, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I would tell my clients, you know, I, I had one, I'm here on the East Coast. She was in California. She would expect me to respond at 7.30 p.m. because that was 4.30 p.m. for her. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I'll tell you what, I won't expect you to respond at 4.30 a.m. because it's 7.30 a.m. for me. That she understood. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and, and so we just kind of had those discussions. And I also told them, I said, you know, I'm I there are emergencies and I will work evenings, weekends, holidays, whatever. But it will cost you double. And they all went, ooh, it can wait till Monday. <laughs> you know? And um, but a- as employees, I think that was where people really struggled to to say, you know, OK, I'm I am not going to be working at 11 o'clock at night or the opposite. To tell their boss, I work best at eleven o'clock at night. Can I do that? Um, yeah. You know, and then you tossed in the fact that a lot of people were dealing with homeschool kids, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. and right. so you know, doing something at say ten a.m. when you had three little munchkins that also needed, you know, and and it was very difficult. And of course, leaders adapted. Managers went, "This is not going to work." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I would say there's a lot of truth to that. You know, the, the 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 biggest part of that, in my again, my observation, my experience is, if if your team members have high moral and ethical character, I don't care if you work from eight a.m. to five p.m. or mm-hmm. from five p.m. to twelve p.m. or twelve a.m. It, it's just it's task based, right? right? Do you get just, the work done. Just get the work done, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't want to micromanage when you do how you do it. If you want to go throw in a load of laundry while you're working from home, go throw in a load of laundry. Mm-hmm. If you want to go mow the grass, you know, right. go mow the grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have to make sure that mm-hmm. the work is done on time. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of evolved into um, a new concept as well, where personal time off, vacation days, things like that. Um, some organizations are no longer, um, they, they no longer have these strict uh, HR guidelines that mm-hmm. says, you know, for every eight hours you work, right. you get. You earn, uh, you know, three minutes of vacation mm-hmm. time or whatever. What they say is, and again, this small to mid-sized organizations mm-hmm. is where it works the best. Is you take the time you need. Mm-hmm. If you think you need two months, then you're not the right person for this company. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but if you think you need two weeks, then go take mm-hmm. two weeks. If mm-hmm. you think you need three weeks, mm-hmm. go take three weeks. Mm-hmm. Your your work somehow has to be maintained, mm-hmm. um, or whatever can wait for you to come back mm-hmm. can wait for you to come back, but. Um, and, and that just creates, I think, an environment that empowers people. It makes them want to work more, not less. Mm-hmm. And and if it doesn't make them want to work more, not less, then again, you have to look at the moral and ethical character of the individual and say, do I have the right person on the mm-hmm. team? Right. 
There's a couple more things from your book that I want to talk about. And one, and we were talking about this before the program, is, is not really discussed a lot. You know, we all talk about leaders, but what we don't talk about is power. And we, you know, we just really kind of alluded to that with Elon Musk. You know, he owns the business, therefore he has the power. You know, and and can you be a leader without any type of power? And, and I don't mean, you know, there's varying degrees of power. Um, right. But can you be a leader and not have any power? Um, I, I, you know, good question. That's almost like a philosophical thing I'd have to think about. But uh, but the short answer is no. Leaders mm-hmm. do have various types of power, mm-hmm. and they have to know what type of power mm-hmm. to exert in right. what situation. Mm-hmm. Just like a leadership style, what leadership style do I apply? Mm-hmm. What type of power should I apply right. in this situation? Mm-hmm. And and it's very appropriate to apply power, you know, informational power, for example. Mm-hmm. If I know something that other people want to know, mm-hmm. they give me power. They give me um, uh, they give me recognition, mm-hmm. if right. you will. So your power me- is influence. Uh, so influence mm-hmm. for sure. That is ultimately that's what you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish through any type of power, mm-hmm. whether, you know, we're talking about informational power, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about referent power, mm-hmm. um, you know, the various types of power that you can exert, but you want to, uh, again, you want to choose the type of the instrument of power. Mm -hmm. We'll say you want to choose the instrument of power very carefully Mm -hmm. and apply it appropriately. And, and just zooming out at the kind of the national level, there's four instruments of power that the, that the, uh, the, the U S uses as Mm -hmm. a matter of, of national security and foreign policy. Mm -hmm. And those are the acronym is dime. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, diplomatic, informational, military, and economic. Mm. Now, that's not mm-hmm. the order in which they're applied. Right. You know, the order mm-hmm. would be diplomatic. But it made first. a cute acronym. Yeah, and, right. And exactly. the government likes acronyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how you can remember that. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but you apply one or more of those instruments of power mm-hmm. given the particular situation. Mm-hmm. And so leading your organization uh, is, is no different. Mm-hmm. You have instruments of power available to you. You need to know what they are and when to use them. And more importantly, when not to use them mm-hmm. and be certain not to abuse them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and there are obviously the, you know, I am the owner power. I control money power. <laughs> I can't get you fired, hired, promoted power. But, you know, there is that, you know, as, as I was saying, you know, there is that influence, that diplomat where, you know, it's. And it might be, you know, I have the ear of somebody who is is more important. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and and I mean, it, it, you know, and and I think we see that a lot too. And and that I think is is sometimes one of the things. And and as you said, you know, all these can be abused. Um, you know, and and you know, I've uh, when when I remember I had a, a discussion one time that was not going my way. <laughs> you know, and and you know, I was trying to convince this person and. She, in essence, told me, well, you know, I have lunch with the owner once a week. <laughs> and so it was, you know, pretty much shut up. <laughs> You're not going to yeah. win this discussion. And but what happened was immediately I lost all respect for her. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's something called legitimate power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, owner, CEO, people know your title. They know right. who you are. Mm-hmm. And and the last thing you ever want to do is have to remind people mm-hmm. of that. If you have to remind them of that, then you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. or they're a terrible teammate and right. you just need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so, so legitimate power is just that. People know. 
you, you, you have the title, you have the position, people are going to uh, recognize that power for the most part. And if that's not working, then take a take a close look at what's really wrong because right. there's something else mm-hmm. uh, some, there's something else going on there mm-hmm. right you know and, and that's i think is the important thing is to always be reevaluating everything what worked what Leaders didn't have work to. absolutely um you know and and be, and you know we all know football coaches hockey cases, coaches yeah, yeah we all do that we learn more from the failures or we should absolutely. than than our successes you know and, absolutely and, again elon musk is an example of that tesla was mm-hmm. touch and go there for a while. Right. SpaceX, mm-hmm. you know, he had mm-hmm. the they had the first three rockets blew mm-hmm. up. Yeah, he only had enough uh, capital to launch that fourth rocket, mm-hmm. and if that fourth rocket didn't work, SpaceX was done. Right. Mm-hmm. But those first three launches, they learned and learned and learned mm-hmm. um, to uh, to finally uh, achieve success. Right. You know, and and sometimes what you learn is that ain't gonna work. that's right um and that's we're not doing that again yeah yeah you know and 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 then you you go from that and as we said you figure okay well why didn't it work you know because there there very easily can be you know something further down where it might apply you know did we not put enough resources did we not you know all of those you know but you're bringing up a point that i think leaders often overlook why didn't that work that Mm -hmm. that's that could be a full day event for mm-hmm. your organ for you and your your right. you know your key people mm-hmm. it could be a one hour event mm-hmm. but if we don't focus on it and mm-hmm. very consciously say why didn't that work mm-hmm. and and really kind of sketch mm-hmm. that thing out then we're missing an opportunity right and that definitely comes back to the fact that your employees your staff your whoever have absolutely got to be able to say why you know, because if they if they think I, if I criticize something, I'm going to lose my job. They're certainly not going to say anything. Um, you know, and and so that's where you know a lot of times you'll see people bring in a coach, you know, something like that, and and yeah. an outside consultant that can can you know kind of uh, very very true and and quite simply. And again, this has been my experience, and I did it right here at iFly in the early years when trust is low. Mm-hmm. Um, you have. You have uh, issues. You have terrible communication. Mm-hmm. You have people working against each other, and and so that's what happens when trust is low. So mm-hmm. people people bring in a coach mm-hmm. to try and mediate, right. to try and um, to try and and get the best out of everybody. But the priority is reestablishing trust. Right. And if we can't do that with the people on the team, mm-hmm. then find people who you can do it with. Mm-hmm. You have to have trust. And, and something you mentioned earlier, when the trust is very high, then people can come to me as the owner, as mm-hmm. the CEO, and they can say, we don't think you're you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. here. And rather than, than me react you know, in a hostile manner, mm-hmm. I can just very reasonably say, tell me why. Tell right. me why you think mm-hmm. that. You know, a, 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 At the end of the day, they're looking out for the best interest mm-hmm. of the organization. Mm-hmm of the people in the organization and of themselves, right? In the Navy, we say ship, shipmate, self. Mm-hmm. In, the, in that self order. Self is the last one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with self-interest, mm-hmm. but it's uh, these other things come first. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you have high trust, mm-hmm. you can have those discussions where we don't attack each other, mm-hmm. but we debate the merits of certain ideas or concepts. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, at the end of the day, the voices are heard. We pick a decision and everybody moves in that cardinal direction. Right. Now we're, we're running low on time. Oh my gosh. We, we have to have <laughs> you on again. But the other thing I really wanted to, to get into talking about here is the fact that, you know, for you and obviously, you know, 
being a, a former Navy SEAL, this is very important. Help. Navy EOD, not a Navy oh, SEAL, sorry, but Navy sorry. EOD. Yes, wrong, wrong right. one. Um, and you know, the health is is so absolutely critical. And and so talk to us to us about why, as a leader, you have to be very conscious of taking care of yourself. Sure. So the science is very clear in the second half of my book, which is what I call the science of leadership. Mm -hmm. I talk about six key components of health and wellness. And those Mm -hmm. six components are rest, hydration, nutrition, Mm -hmm. exercise, brain and heart health or brain and heart link Mm -hmm. and lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. And those six things, if you focus on each one of those, each one of those touches, they all touch each other. Right. If I'm well rested and well hydrated and well nourished, Mm -hmm. I have a great exercise session, raises my heart rate appropriately and, and in a, in a managed, uh, in a managed process and in a manner that doesn't shock the heart. The benefit to the brain and heart is tremendous. Mm -hmm. So I call it the general leadership law. Mm -hmm. You know, those six things are so interrelated that a change in one positive or negative will, uh, have a similar impact on, on all the other components. What does that mean? What that means is if I show up to work and I'm not well rested, I'm not on my A game. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not me who's well rested. Maybe it's my teammate sitting across mm-hmm. the table from me who's not well rested. But whether it's me or my teammate, I have to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And then I have to recalibrate my expectations mm-hmm. simply based on the fact that I'm dealing with a teammate who didn't sleep well last night mm-hmm. or hasn't slept well in the last right. week or the last month. Yeah, what's going on with that? Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Exactly right. So we need to be well-rested, well-hydrated, well-nourished, et cetera. Mm-hmm. These are things that throughout my entire adult life, um, I, I, I practice them, mm-hmm. but not in a very deliberate and conscious way. And if you want to be a very good leader for a very long period of time, you have to pay attention to those six things on a right. daily basis. First and foremost, for you, mm-hmm. I call that mono. Mm-hmm. And then in the stereo, you have to enable that for your teammates. Mm-hmm. Hey, how come you're not well rested? Mm-hmm. Um, are you well hydrated? Everybody on my team gets a water bottle, a mm-hmm. 32 ounce water bottle. It's something as simple as that mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of hydration. Right. How, how much water should you consume every day? According mm-hmm. to the American Academy of Health Science, most people don't know the answer to that. Even if they do, Mm -hmm. then the next question is, how much water do you consume every day? Not enough. (laughs) Yeah. But, and most people don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So something is simple. So, so being dehydrated is often compared to being um, uh, malnourished or, Mm -hmm. or. Right. uh, Yeah. It slows everything down in your body. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Including what's called Mm -hmm. executive function. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and I simplify executive function into the ability to see, to hear, and to think. Mm -hmm. The more clearly I can see, Mm -hmm. the more clearly I can hear, the more clearly I can think, Mm -hmm. the more, uh, the more accurately and the more quickly Mm -hmm. I can make the proper decision. Mm -hmm. And, and that's all a matter of health and wellness. And health and wellness is kind of, I'd say in the last three or four years, um, become vi- has become very um, visible right. and 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 practiced and mm-hmm. it, and it should be, but leaders don't pay enough attention to health mm-hmm. and wellness. So the whole second half of my book is dedicated to just that: how mm-hmm. much how much water do you drink? How much should you drink? How much sleep should you mm-hmm. get? How much do you get? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, rest, hydration, nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, seventy percent of chronic disease in America is caused by poor nutrition. Mm-hmm. 
type one, type two diabetes, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, high cholesterol, mm-hmm. which I am guilty of high cholesterol. These are things that affect your ability to right. lead. Mm-hmm. They take you out of the driver's mm-hmm. seat. You're, you don't have as much control and as much mental clarity and as much energy as you would like to. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to be a great leader over a long period of time mm-hmm. and do the best you can for everybody, you have to pay attention to mm-hmm. what I call the science of leadership. Right. You know, and again, you're setting that example. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we, we talked about Elon Musk sleep, sleeping in his office and expecting others to, there's no way you get good rest you know, when, when that happens. Plus, if you're not with your family, all of those various things, you know, we, we all see the, the, the break rooms, you know, that's one of the things I miss. I don't have a break room. I have a kitchen, you know, but you know, is, does your break room have lots of junk food? Or does it have healthy food? Exactly. You know, we exactly need a right. little junk food. You give me a little piece of chocolate, I'm a happy camper. But I'm fine with a little piece of chocolate as opposed to, you know, four pieces of cake. Um, you know, and and so, you know, and and or do you see the leader take a walk at lunch? You know, just exactly. all of those exactly various right. things. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah, that's and so, right. And, and and the food in the break room is a great example. So um, it, 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 there might be a little sweet something here or there, but for the most part, uh, I, I think that organizations should put healthy and nutritious mm-hmm. and energizing foods in there. And then it's up to the person whether or not they want to eat that food right. or bring in their own. Often, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, they'll bring in their own, which is more nutritious and more healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully not the opposite. Mm-hmm. And and these are things, it's just food. Something as simple mm-hmm. as your food choice can set up your day for high energy mm-hmm. and, and, and high activity, right. or it can set up your day to put you in what's called a trough where mm-hmm. I can barely get anything done. Um, I've eaten this big meal that's that's high in carbohydrate, high in carbohydrates, and it's putting me to sleep, and I can't focus. The turkey coma. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. My energy is low. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- something as simple as that we can consciously mm-hmm. and deliberately manage. Mm-hmm. And if we do, at five o'clock, we go, "Wow, it's mm-hmm. five o'clock already," mm-hmm. as opposed to, "Man, it's only two o'clock." Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So, right. so yeah. that's the, yeah, that's a big part, a big part of what it means to either lead an organization mm-hmm. or or be on a team within an organization. Right, right. Yeah, I worked somewhere one time where they thought this was the greatest thing in the world. They installed an espresso machine. And then, <laughs> and everybody thought that was great fun. And about two, two in the, you know, everybody went thud. You know? Yeah, and, right. But then they'd have more. And I mean, it was just, and then, and, and of course the problem was when people got so amped up, they started making mistakes. <clears throat> Um, you know, and, and so, you know, we, sure. took the, we took the coffee machine away and, and, you know, this was, we were in Colorado. And so what's in Colorado, you know, sleepy time tea, um, Marijuana. celestial seasonings is there. And so we brought in a lot of herb tea and, and, and it, it was funny because they went, Oh, herb tea, but they discovered that that really was something that was going to help us. Yeah. And, and again, if you look at the physiology behind it, there's, there's something called heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. So caffeine is going to accelerate your heart rate. Um, that acceleration could be jagged, jagged mm-hmm. and irregular, or it could be linear and smooth. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and that affects how you respond mm-hmm. to situations. Right. So you could have smooth acceleration on the gas pedal, smooth braking, or you could have jagged rough acceleration mm-hmm. and jagged and rough braking. And that's your heart I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And that affects your ability to yeah. see, to hear, to think, mm-hmm. and ultimately perform and make decisions. Right. 
Well, oh my gosh, Bob, you know, we didn't even talk about DEI. I think that's that's a very important thing to, to discuss in, in chapter leadership. Chapter six, a whole chapter yeah. dedicated yeah. to you it. You know, several things that we are in my notes that we didn't get to. So that just means we have to have you on again. Um, Happy to. But, you know, until then, how do people, you know, so talk about both businesses because sure. you have the two. So how do people find you and what are the services that you provide? Sure. So, uh, so my, my core business, if you will, is I fly Virginia beach indoor skydiving and the book elevate your leadership was a natural progression from a course I I developed called elevate your leadership. And that course, uh, incorporates the flight experience. Mm -hmm. So you, you can, you do indoor skydiving, Mm -hmm. you know, you face your fear, you, uh, you, you face the anxiety, you do something that's uh, not everybody does. And, uh, you you step outside of your comfort zone and ultimately your comfort zone expands, right? Tony Robbins has people walk across hot coals, mm-hmm. which I've heard great things about. I haven't done it myself. And I, I uh, present people with this flight experience. So that was the genesis. So I fly Virginia Beach indoor skydiving is one pathway to track me down. Uh, but we also do the full day event at iFly. So Elevate Your Leadership is a full day seminar mm-hmm. at iFly Virginia Beach. Uh, teams of 12 to 15 are ideal. We incorporate the flight experience, and then we go through um, a facilitated discussion on all things leadership, much much like what we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, RobertPizzini.com. So Robert, P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I.com is my website, and you can learn way more about me mm-hmm. than you would care to. But more importantly, you can learn about the offerings and the programs and the events and the timelines and the things mm-hmm. that we do. But And your uh, podcast. So th- You've got a great podcast. Thank you. So I do on that website, you'll find links to uh, purchase my book. You'll find links to my blog. You'll find links to my podcast. And um, and and uh, it's it's a blessing to be on your podcast. And I'm just going to plug mine for a second. I have had some incredible guests, incredible discussions. Mm-hmm. And, and just like your podcasts inform your listeners and make them want to do good things, uh, mine will do the same. So thank you, Deb, for mentioning that. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, this this has been a great discussion. And as I said, we need to have you on again to, to continue it. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Sure. I would say that uh, if you want to change things, um, if you want to have more energy and more mental clarity, you have to approach it very deliberately. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. It just takes your time. It takes you it takes your attention. You have to pay attention to those six things every day. Rest. Did I sleep well? If not, why? If if yes, why? What conditions did I set up for great sleep or or not so great sleep? So uh, all these things are in my book. All these things will help you be the best leader you can be. I love it. Well, I've been having such a great discussion with Robert Pizzini. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.